Hey, where are the white women at? But how did he get down to his underwear that fast? We'll just have to take these pants off so that I can take a closer look. Still others evolved so much, they don't even need to wear pants. <laughs> Casual. Hello. How you doing? I'm all right. So sometimes we have music uh, playing on the computer. The computer. In the background, but now... <laughs> Sound like a robot. <laughs> the computer. Right. The, but now we were watching... We were, Actually, what happened was we were watching... Uh, yeah. Old, Musk, Old Muskie. Old Muskie yeah. was uh, announcing who the, the person is that's going to be on the BFR. Yeah. And the BFS. The B... The big Falcon rocket, which I'm fairly certain that's not what it is, but yeah. whatever, uh, that's going to the moon. Yeah. Not going to land. They're going to orbit. You know, uh, probably a billionaire Japanese guy. Yeah, billionaire yeah. Japanese guy. Art collector. Uh, Akira Kurosawa. No, that's not his name. That's a That's not. Director. That's not. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I already fucking forgot the guy's name. I feel like a dick now. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they announced that as we were watching on YouTube, and then it just clicked over well it's some it news done. it was a news yeah, some, thing it was some froggy news network it was like a frenchy froggy it wasn't and it was actually french canadian shout out to uh jasmine <laughs> <laughs> i wonder where she's gonna be like fuck you did we talk about where the frog came from not where the frog came from uh, i remember my grandfather calling french like french like he would he would call french uh men frogs and I don't know where it comes from, but I know it is something. It's like a World War II thing. I don't think it's derogatory. Someone knows. Because he would call it froggy. He would say, it's like, that's kind of something that was, he, my, my grandma would make something that was like a rich butter sauce, and he would just call it, well, that's some froggy cuisine we got tonight. Don't want to Catherine. Would it be like someone calling someone a uh, yank or a Yankee? That's not necessarily derogatory if you're No, it, de- it depends on the context. It's like, oh, yeah. this is my my friend, uh, you know, and he's he's a Jew. Or... You know, that's not derogatory, but I was like, ah, oh, you fucking Jew. Right. That's derogatory. It you is? fucking yank. It's- yes, it is. <laughs> Turns out it's anti Semitic. Oh. Yeah, if you, if you, if you, if it depends on the, the context. Like, there's obviously there's certain words that you can say, it doesn't matter what the context is, uh, that they're bad. Anti semantic. Anti semantic. It's not. I wish we were anti semantic. <laughs> this shit would be way more interesting. It would be. So anyway, so, so it clicked over. Yeah, yeah it cl- I saw a thumbnail uh, up there, and I was like, I, "What the hell is that?" So I played it, and and, and now, here it is. And now we're, now listening. we're listening to it. Do you do you um you, who, do you know who what song this, it's? Who wrote this? Uh, I don't song. know if it if she wrote it, but I know uh, Bonnie Raitt made it popular in the seventies. That's the song that everybody. Pro- oh, that's the version everybody probably is familiar. That's with. probably that or uh, um, uh, the uh, big British girl. That's uh, got the awesome, awesome voice. You mean uh, Adele? Yes. She did a version on one of her albums. That's she sucks. She's uh, to- <laughs> she's absolutely tone deaf <laughs> and she cannot write for shit. She doesn't suck. She doesn't suck at all. She's yeah. actually uh, oh. tremendous. She's what? uh, <laughs> she's not. What? Lesbian. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. She had a baby with a guy. It doesn't that mean you're with. not a lesbian. No, I mean that she's with, like, she had an old-fashioned oh. way. And she likes him. 
Yeah, there was no, there was no like, a, there was no like a egg beater and a turkey baster involved. Like it was, yeah. I think it was just actual P into V. Okay. And then there was a baby, and they're still together, and they have a baby. And now her music sucks. Tab A in slot right. C, fold at B. It's like the first two Adele albums were awesome because she was single and poor and pissed off and pissed off yeah. and yeah and like newly single for each record and they were just yeah. amazing and full of so much like dramatic angst it was just dripping with like heartbreak and it was so good right. and then that third album while it was good but it was good in a different reason for different reasons because she's real happy because she's rich as fuck i used to and, have a uh, yeah a theory about like bruce springsteen for example you know, all of his earlier stuff it was all about angst and growing up and, and, and working, working and class and, working. and my jeans got holes in them right you know, and i'm like thinking that. this guy is a multi-quadrazillionaire and he's still singing about it. i just wonder if it's tough for him to sing or what he thinks about that. Now. So here's, I have a counter theory to that, but okay. he's not a multi-quadzillionaire because his band has 35 fucking people in it. It costs him too much. Yeah, like that. that that's why uh, Jimmy Buffett says that he, he was still a starving artist, even though he was selling, uh, he was a starving, he wasn't exactly a starving artist, but he wasn't making the money that people thought he was making. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, Until like the mid to late 80s when he started getting into marketing. And marketing and, the the Margaritaville experience, and just uh, selling shirts and probably flip flops. Absolutely, and, and and I heard, I read a at one point in time, I tried to be some sort of entrepreneur, but I don't think I have the brain for it. Um, but I read a book about uh, folks like that, like uh, Jimmy Buffett, and um, <clears throat> what me. is? Uh, I lost my train of thought just now because I love the song so much. A Buffett song. No, the Bon Iver song. The, the oh. excuse me, the Bonnie Raitt song. Oh, I can't make you love me, oh, which is the one. song. That yeah. that's the song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, some uh, in this like business how to entrepreneur kind of book that I was reading, like Tom Cruise and Cocktail. Like that's the kind of shit that I was like reading oh. those books. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, and, but they said that Jimmy Buffett was to uh, music merchandising what. Um, George Lucas was to movie merchandising because he revolutionized that. He got, he secured likeness rights and merchandising rights to movies when nobody was ever doing that. And that made him billions of dollars. I wonder if Lucas and um, Buffett had someone that came into the life and said, you've got something here that you don't need, that you don't know. You're just doing it wrong. You're uh, doing it, it wrong. Jimmy Buffett's <laughs> wife was the one that did oh, yeah? it. She's a okay. yeah. She's a she's like a marketing person. So she's the one. I wonder if they got you know the, he was single for a while. Of course, then he got married. Then she's yeah. like, we gotta we gotta turn this key. He actually divorced her, and then I said, okay, so I'm gonna admit something. Yeah, uh, I am a parrothead. I absolutely love Jimmy Buffett, I I and I, I suspected have, that. I know you can. You can kind of. Will you sniff me out? You can. You I can didn't. smell your own. Yeah. No, I always knew you were kind of a Buffett fan. Yeah. I've been speaking. To a couple, oh, yeah. Well, anyway, wait. wait anyway, on. sorry. He's a, of course, as you know, he's a. Well, he's actually is a sailor. But he loves the ocean. He's a sailor. It's a real deal. But he's also real, a pilot. He's a. He's a pilot. He's a pilot. Are you, are you sure, not a pilot. <laughs> and then no, he, he's a. He's he, also a glider pilot. Yes. I don't know if he has I, any glider planes he's right now. I don't now. think he needs to. If he does, he has thousands of them. Or something. Pretty, did I tell thousands. you the story on the, I'm sure I told you in person, maybe on the show earlier, about I saw him at Auburn. Because uh, he went to Auburn, actually. Yeah, for like a semester. Yeah. He went to Auburn for about as long as you did. And it was funny. <laughs> Wait a minute. I went hey, there for, hey. <laughs> and I saw him. I had a, a very good seat uh, in the near uh, front row. But it was, uh, in fact, all the concerts I went there that came to Auburn. I saw uh, Pat Benatar. At Auburn. Who's he? 
Is that the is that yeah. the like the guy that talks on uh, Lehrer? No, that's Pat Buchanan. <laughs> Pat Benatar. Oh, really Fine. terrible '80s. Just come female. on, she was okay. For I know, did. I know. Anyway, I know. so Buffett came around and he went to they they kicked him out, and it was funny because they um they uh, interviewed him uh, because he had like a uh, they said he had a really bad average, like a point. Seven hit three average. I in, think I've heard this story before, not from you though. Yeah, and but when he on stage, he said he says uh, he would talk about because that was a bullshit story. It was a whatever kind of piece, like like a, like a hit piece. Yeah, on me. He goes, I did not have a point seven three average, whatever the Newton's mirror said. Right. It was point eight seven. <laughs> <laughs> and I earned it. <laughs> I can hear him saying something yes, like that. It was very funny. He's great. His shows are fantastic. They're 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 three hours long, with tons of cheap booze and yeah. like people just having a good time. I don't understand the hate that he gets. I don't. I really I don't. don't know because it's kind of simple. It's very simple music. Maybe you are so full of shit and have no just, idea what you're talking about. You sound like me again. trying to talk about carbon fiber. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like, yeah, what's what's good about carbon fiber? It's just you know, black and stuff. It's, yeah, and lightweight like balsa wood. It's it's very simple. It's it's simple. It's carbon. Yeah, <laughs> like it's fucking abundant as shit. Who cares? <laughs> uh, it's not simple music. The reason why I brought him up in this conversation was the fact that he his band is so big that he wasn't making money as a musician, and he still doesn't. Like he does, he's like he's like I'm. So it's I, you know, all in the t-shirts and it's, stuff. And yeah. It's the t-shirts. It's the restaurants. It's the casino that, yeah. that that is a Margaritaville casino. It's all those things. It's it's that kind of branding. What if he's still making um, money with that? Like it's really like it's just raking it in now. Or it's kind oh, of I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, he's gotten to the point where his money makes him money. Yeah. That that's uh, he's yeah he's up there. He's he's up there with people like your customers. And the best song, of course, in my opinion, is a pilot looks at four. A pirate looks at uh, not a pilot looks at forty, <laughs> which would be funny. I'm surprised he hasn't changed up. I bet he live he's changed uh, a pirate looks at forty to does. a pilot looks at forty. Especially he's doing some corporate gig for Gulfstream or something. Which I, you know what, my dad said, I'm going to buy you because I bought him a pirate looks at fifty because mm-hmm. he redid. He did another, you know, because because he's you know he's also he's a writer. Yes, he's a writer. He is. He is, mm-hmm. and he's also in a very elite group of people. The skull who have crossbones. No, he's not a Yaley, you <laughs> dick. He went to Auburn for a oh, minute. Oh, that's right, for about yeah, twenty minutes. No, he. Uh, no, he's in a very elite group of of people who, on the New York Times bestseller list, had a fiction, nonfiction, and a children's book mm-hmm. on all three of those mm-hmm. lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, yeah, it was a pirate looks at 40. Uh, where is Joe Merchant, which is one of my favorite books of all time. And uh, that's the one with the pilot, uh, Frank Bama, that flies yeah. the uh, albatross. Mm-hmm. And then Jolly Mon. Jolly Mon is a children's book that he wrote for his uh, his daughter. Yeah. I know way too much about Jimmy Buffett. It's really bad. That's a, that's a lot. It is. He, I think he's one of the last great troubadours that's left. I used to think that, and now, like... Uh, I would put him in line, like, because he just churns out music. He's so good at writing. Uh, but anyway, it's not simple music, you dick. I think it is the association of the middle-aged Midwestern fantasy of moving to the, to the Florida Keys and all that other stuff. Oh, I'm sure you're. And I know yeah. that there's a lot of people in Florida that don't like him, just because 
probably he's he's one of the reasons why there's lots of there's his just, popularity kind of ruined it down there. It so. kind of ruined it, I yeah. think. Like the what's uh, David Allen Coe has a song. I think it's his song. It's Jimmy Buffett. Don't live in oh, Key West anymore. Yes, don't Key West. Yes, yeah, that's which funny. is a hilarious song, and it's true because he doesn't. And you know whatever, still don't give a shit. So when he's I, funny, and he d- d- has like multiple uh, uh, like charities. Yes, he's, that all all he's have very, something to uh, do with the ocean, which I think is fantastic. The um, uh, the second time I saw him, which is the last time I believe, was in Atlanta, big outdoor. Excuse me. Oh, good lord! Are big you okay over there? Concert, yeah, and I was dating a nurse, and uh, and she was a. Beyond parrothead, kind of, you know, she's one of the ones that had all these, you know, blow up uh, sharks or parrots oh, and stuff, yeah. and all this, you know, shark fins. I'm going, I mean, she showed, it, to the left, she dug into her closet because right. I, I thought we were, you know, she'd all just bring all this. And I went, what? I had no Why? idea she had all this. In her. Why do you have all this accoutrement? Like, right. she could, if she would have replaced that with sex toys, you guys might have been together still. But no, she had have inflatable the other side shark of, fins. The other side of the closet. Other side of the closet. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. a different Footlocker. Yeah. Um. And she, we, she broke up with me because I bought a Harley. I would break up with you if you bought a Harley. <laughs> but but this, this, this is before Harley's turned. I'm sorry if anybody, whatever. They're just Charlie's going to be like, oh, I know, love my not, Harley. I know. I'm just saying they, they got really it, popular. This is before they got really popular. They you know? Yeah, there was like that. They were they, I feel like they were popular in certain circles. Then they kind of went by the wayside for a while, and it was still. Then you had like just it was like the outlaw biker image, and that was it. Right. And then somehow, like I feel like it was about the '90s, right. maybe the late '90s, where they became it like started a, to go. They up, became yeah. a symbol of people. Well, it was, it, it's unfortunate that there's people out there that have these bikes, and then they trailer them somewhere because they don't want to get them dirty. Right. They don't want to do it's this. It's a different they deal. To break yeah. it down. But like I, I grew up around bikers. None of those guys would ever, ever in a million years think about trailering, trailering their bike yeah. to a, a to a, a on a ride or, or to like a uh, uh, like a what the hell is it? what what would you call the a bike, bike a bike run fest, a biker run? A bike Thank fest, you. A There's a whole run. reason that you call it a biker run is because yeah. you're supposed to fucking run your bike to it, not in the bed of a truck or something like well, that. Well, we so ended like, up selling you know motorcycle trailers, and uh, oh, yeah, a lot of our yeah. customers were I was younger than them. You know, they were in their fifties. Now I am. And we were in our 30s, and we were doing this, late 30s, and uh, they basically admitted shamefully, they said, we just, we can't do this anymore. We can't ride this long anymore. Yeah. It freaking hurts. And I can, you know, oh, big pussy. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking about health issues and stuff. And no, I totally back get problems it. Like, and I, just, I didn't, you know. um, I had never really, I still have only been on one long ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, because I used to ride all the time. I still have, obviously, still have carry an endorsement, but like. I went on that one ride in Mexico that was like about 200 miles, maybe two, maybe 200 miles there and back uh, from the, you know, from the border and, and back, right? Mm-hmm. Or to, from the border to uh, like the, where, where the Colorado used to go to the, into the mm-hmm. ocean and back, right? Mm-hmm. And we maybe rode 200 miles and I was beat to shit for about a week. And that's not even because that long of a ride. It's not that long of a ride. Yeah. It was on mostly dirt roads and the oh, and right. the, the the paved roads. I, the paved roads down in that area of Mexico. I was praying for dirt roads, uh, but still, I don't think I. And I get it. You have to be in some sort of shape, like or you you have to ride enough to where your muscles. Was are it used a soft tail or was it a hard tail? Do you know? Oh, it was it was soft. Well, okay. they, these these weren't Harley's. These were uh, oh, okay. Chinese uh, Enduros. Like they were just oh. kind of they were yeah. We rented bikes 
from some shady fucking guy who gave us. Remember, I told you gave gave me and my friend John each a uh, a revolver. Oh yes. To take, he's like, please bring my bikes back and yeah. And here's he, a gun. Here's guns to protect you. I'm like carrying a gun in Mexico. I'm an American carrying a gun in Mexico. That's a good idea. They'll go like they'll go to a Mexican prison, which is, from what I understand, slightly better than a Turkish prison. And is, I, is that is that a probably physically assault you or not a not a pound you in the ass, uh, you know, kind of prison. I think it was more like one of those uh, cut like, your fingers off, sh- kind of like prison. shank you in the gut and then f- rape the wound. Yeah, like like a, that's how badass those prisons are because they're full of a bunch of really bad people. And then now you don't want to do pudgy that. white people like me. I would have been, I would have been, uh, you know, the beginning of Shawshank Redemption where they have yeah. the I'm not even supposed to be here, like the fish, <laughs> that fresh fish, like that guy. Yes, who ends up getting beaten to death in the like the third scene yep. in Shawshank. That would have been me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm mm. glad I didn't go to a Mexican prison. No, don't do that. Anyhow. Yeah. So yeah, I, Harley's uh, are, Harley's are still beautiful. No, they're, they are. They, they're absolutely but gorgeous. They're on their ass right now financially. Yeah. I think the, the little blurb of a transcript that I read from their last like quarterly sales meeting, basically like from their, uh, not, I guess it would be marketing that would handle it. Uh, they're like, that handle uh, like demographic research. And they said, basically people under a certain age are not buying new ones for the most part. Like not a lot of them are buying it mm-hmm. and people over a certain age already have one. Mm-hmm. The ones that want one already have it. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? And that's why they're pivoting their marketing strategy with all these, they have like 18 new bikes that they're coming out with all these different weird, not weird, but like pretty cool, like design stuff. But I, I, I just, I, Man, it's like I, an American icon, and I'm worried. Like I'm worried that it's just going to go to hell. I don't think that we're going to have a large in the future, a large motorcycle market in this country. See, in I, don't, general. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's going to come back because it's cyclical. It's uh, always been cyclical. I'm saying, I don't know. I mean, because there's people that still want to ride motorcycles, but they can't afford a twenty thousand dollar motorcycle, especially sure. one that has to be worked on all the time. When you can pay. Eight thousand for a Japanese bike that kind of looks the same. Well, I mean, there's always going to be is, a, is maintenance free, but it a, doesn't look as nice. It's like it's like the chrome is not quite as shiny, and it's not like the like the blacks are not quite as dark, and they're you know what I mean, like the just the blacks aren't quite as dark. Motherfu- you know the color black, <laughs> the colored blacks. No, the color black. Okay. <laughs> no, like because I love those the ja- I love the Japanese bikes because they 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 do they do what the Japanese do they take really really good ideas from other people and perfect them. There's nothing like I had a friend who had a uh, Hayabusa, and oh uh, my god, yeah, what kind of douche nozzles were you hanging? No, no, no. This, this was actually a no, cool a cool guy. He he would restore um, beautiful cars. And he was a he was a two, true craftsman. He was he's one of these guys that would make a lot of money. He would do one car at a time and he had this, this one garage and he had a, a waiting list. You know, people would bring him when he was done. That's wow. And, and every time he finished the, the work, you know, it'd be done. He would, he would literally have his, uh, large one car, separate kind of garage shop would hose it out, scrub it out, reorganize everything. And so it was almost like a brand new shop. And then next car would come in kind of thing. And anyway, that was his, wow, that was his trade. That's what he did. Anyway, so he had a Hayabusa, and I never. It, it was I was riding motorcycles a little bit back then, and I had a friend that had a um, 750 Interceptor that I rode for a little while, and that's where I went the fastest on a windy road that I've ever been on, 
in a motorcycle. And that's when I kind of told the guy, don't let me borrow this bike anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I was serious because I, I'm going to die on this motorcycle. I mean, I really felt that. I rode like a, a drug. Z1. Is that what it is? R1? I can't remember. I don't know. Some sort of, I'll ha- you know who I'll know? My boss. Because her husband races bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, races uh, those, uh, ro- those like street bikes. Um, I rode something that just was so, so, it was so fast. Like on a freeway on ramp. And I got, and it was so easy to get to 130, 140 miles an hour yeah. that that scared me enough to yeah. exit the interstate, turn around, come back, and and like go to that guy and go. No, it was a similar I, thing. Same, same thing. And then I, I don't ever want to ride one I, of these things ever again because it scared the shit out of me how easy it was to go there. And yeah. now I know why people die. Like a Formula One car on two wheels. Yes. And uh, this thing, I don't know how many horsepower back. Let's call it nineteen. That seven fifty. No, 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 the, this, the Abu- Hayabusa. That Hayabusa, because they didn't, they, they, I mean, Hayabusas are fairly recent in, when it comes to, yeah. I, I want to say it was like 2001, maybe was the first year. It was somewhere around there, and I and, sat on it. He let me start it up, and he, he reluctantly asked me if I wanted to ride it, and I went, yeah, but I'm not going to, because I man, it went from you know whatever RPM idle to, you know, to 15,000. Something like in that. In like a... Tenth of a second, and I went. Oh God, that sounds. Yeah, th- it sounds so like smooth. a, a uh, like a like a tiger growl sped up. Frown, yeah. frown. It's, like, it's it yeah. sounds like an like you said. It sounds like an F one car. Yeah, it sounds like a tiny F one car. And yeah, I've been I've seen Hayabusa's run like uh like dudes that rode like they exit the the freeway riding it. Mm-hmm. You know, I-15 there at the Las Vegas, uh, like the drag strip up there. Mm-hmm. I've seen them get off. Like, I literally had one in front of me. He exited. I go. He goes into one part of the parking lot. I go in the you know the part, parking lot with the people that don't have fast cars that are just there to watch the fast cars. And then he goes out there and does runs. And, like, you know, four and a half seconds, five and a half seconds in the quarter mile mm-hmm. at 175 miles an hour. And I'm like... <laughs> You people are completely uh, insane. Uh, yeah. and, and did you notice how much bigger the Hayabusa is? Like oh, it's if you big see, bike. Yeah. You have to see it next to other, um, it's a big uh, other crotch rockets. Like you, 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 people don't realize how big they are. And then people put longer arms on them for like to lengthen the the the, the bike itself. Like the longer as uh, a swing arm suspension mm-hmm. is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Longer swing arms to make it another foot longer so that they can launch better. Yeah, that scares the hell out of me. There, and, and those things. I know that there. I know that there was at least one point where there was a Hayabusa that had almost 200 horsepower. Yeah, I 200 this, horsepower on something that weighs 700 pounds is crazy. It's totally insane. I remember the um, going down. If it's 25 or 75, it's a you know good friend of mine, George, back in Atlanta, works for this architectural firm, and one of his partners or employee buddies uh, had a. Uh, it wasn't a Hayabusa, but it was something like that. You know, it was some overly horsepowered crotch rocket, and we used to go to lunch. He would ride his bike his motorcycle and we'd be on the highway and he would intentionally be way behind us and start hauling ass and get in the lane beside us and pass us doing a wheelie. We're already doing 75 or 80 and he's passing us on the back tire. We're going, Oh my God. That oh, and God. that right there, the ease that yeah. of, of, of being able to do that is what scares me away from those things. So I would never ever own one. What I would like is, I'll tell you what, I never actually sat on a big, heavy Harley before mm-hmm. uh, until uh, Charlie got his, you know, like a year or so, a year and a half, two years ago, maybe, whatever, and uh, let me sit on it. I'm like, okay, 
This is comfortable. It felt like sitting on a oh, couch yeah. Yeah. that would get me to a bar. I had a 98 Fat Boy. That's what I bought in 98. So that's what that was, yeah. 98 Fat Boy. Yep. With no, she broke up with you because you got a Harley. Was she an ER nurse? Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Wah, wah. Yeah, she was. My grandmother was an ER nurse, and she told me when I was a kid, I said, "I want to get a motorcycle." And she said, "If you get a motorcycle, and uh, after she's like, you can't get a motorcycle while I'm alive. If you get a motorcycle after I die, I will haunt you." And she, my grandmother told me that when I was like twelve. She she knew that I, we had it on order because this is back when you had to order them and wait, you know. And I you couldn't just go to a dealership no. and buy them. Nope. Nope. There, there was there was a time period there. They were so popular, and they hardly couldn't keep up with the demand. Wow. And, and those uh, are all the people that have them now and aren't getting rid of them. Exactly. And now, buying new ones. Or there was maybe a certain. I wanted a certain color with a certain type of pipe, and I wanted it factory. I, I didn't want to do aftermarket. I wanted it all from the whatever. And it took a little while to get. And, you wanted uh, them to gainsy it up. Right. Kind of. But you wanted Harley to do it. Yes. I, I didn't want to screw with it, and. Uh, Ended up wearing my uh, my kilt with it, driving to a, a St. Patrick's uh, or a Scottish festival with it. It was can kind I of, please find? Can you find a video? I, I don't know or, right? or a picture. I did pull. I was a very popular guy when I pulled up at this because uh, there was a radio was your station. ass hanging out. No, you you, you can do it. Uh, we have, we have to tuck the kilt underneath your thighs in the front. You can get away with it, and it still flaps. You can see a lot of your outer thigh. You know, so your part of your butt is kind of showing when the thing is flapping around. But I had my motorcycle boots on that you see me wear my kilt with, and that's what I wore. Uh, to a couple of um, Irish events. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, anyway, there was some big event where the local radio, big Atlanta radio station was there, and I pulled up, and they saw me, and that was it for them. They just had to interview me and talk to me about this whole thing and whatever. I don't know. I love it. Seeking attention. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, whatever. absolutely. Jesus. Yeah, i kind of gotten over that. You might now. as well be a cutter. <laughs> so terrible. I've gotten over that now. Oh, good. I'm glad. Hey, let's take a break. Now? Yeah. Like, or you want to wait a few more seconds? Now. Okay. Turn down the lights. Turn down the bass. Turn down these voices. Inside my head Lay down with me And tell me no lies Just hold me closely Don't patronize Don't patronize me Cause I can't make you love me If you don't you can't make your heart feel something that it was And here in the dark, these final hours I will lay down my heart I will feel the power But you won't, no you won't Cause I can't make you love me when you don't When you don't yeah, 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 
don't see The love you don't feel When you're home with me Morning will come And I'll do what's right Just give me till then To give up this fight And I will give up this fight Cause I can't make you love me If you don't You can't make your heart feel something that it won't And even in the dark, these final hours I will lay down my heart, I will feel the power But you won't, no you won't Cause I can't make you love me When you don't When you don't You When you don't Yeah I put it on Hey Oh, did, did you put it on? Hamilton, I put it on Welcome back with more porn. So uh, Joe made me shut up during the break, and it was uh, it was amazing. There's, I had silence for like 45 seconds, and brought over a beer he poured. We are sharing a beer in my vintage Beechcraft uh, tumblers. Nobody cares. Oh, and he said, just start drinking your beer and enjoy it. So I smelled it, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Really. And he goes, yeah, just I like the hops that were in there. So I, I, I read the be- like the the back of the label said what hops were in it. I was I, one of them I'd never even really heard of. Yeah. So I I tasted it and I went, that's pretty damn good. Then tasted it again, and then he told me about it that it was a uh, stone. Yep, stone. It's called Scorpion Bowl. Fairly new mm-hmm. since March. Is that what you said this year? March is when it came out. I, I it, it, March is March is when they made it available at the brewery and t- their tap house in california didn't get bottled and sent out of california until like a may or june and you found it today and, in uh in vegas yeah, vegas like total, total wine were you looking for it or oh my you just god total to wine. Like it? Fucking, no i just ran across it i was like scorpion bowl what the fuck is this so and then i looked at the back and i'm like oh yeah yeah we're gonna i'm i need this tonight so then what happened it's like i did just now then i i belched which is part of the tasting yeah is it really it really it absolutely 100 is it's called the that. belch yeah yeah, really? you have yo absolutely, man. You have you have the nose, you have the front, you have the back, you have the finish, and you have the belch. Like those are those are criteria. Okay. They're, they're part of, of, of beer judging. So when I belched and I went, Whoa, that's really I mean it was good anyway. It reminds me a little bit of a little bit maybe you'll go, Hey, you kinda nailed that, Paul. A little bit of um some uh, Oktoberfest kind of beer, a little bit. A little bit. That's is there any hop in there at all that's similar? There's Bavari- there's Bavarian hops in there, but it's it's called Bavarian Mandarina, and it's okay. like a it's that's what I get when I drink it. I get um, your tropical fruits, uh, a lot of um, yeah, uh, a bit like a hint of like bitter orange, yeah, because it's not sweet, no, but it definitely has like an orange kind of 
there's definitely orange terpenes but it's, in it. But it's so. not normal hop like the sides of your tongue there's wake them up. zero bitterness to this. Yeah. None whatsoever. Which I do and enjoy, though. Yes. But it, this is a... I could drink a lot of this. Yeah. Well, not for very long because it's almost 8%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, and it it is really, really delicious. Uh, the, you know, the color is like a nice, like a pale straw color. Like, it's a, it's a really nice... Arizona panty dropper. It, yes. Arizona panty dropper. <laughs> Uh, I made a panty dropper. <laughs> I called it, and it wasn't. It wasn't good. It's what we used to call. But we it worked. About this, it was the same like the hunch punch. We'd call it hunch punch. Uh, my friend years ago called it his his particular brand of hunch punch or jungle juice and whatnot. Yeah, is uh, it was called shoe because most oh, of the time yeah. people get so drunk they throw up in their shoe. Like, yeah. I'm like that's gross. Hunch punch. Which hunch punch is probably the same thing. Why do you call it hunch punch? Where does a hunch come from? It's like, well, because you get hunched over and throw up. Right. And we used Hawaiian punch. That was our masking. The secret the, ingredient in Hawaiian. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. It masks all alcohol. It does. It absolutely <laughs> does. It, it's it's it, Hawaiian punch is so bad. I Oh, God. Portia's going to listen to this. And she's going, I'm going to make hunch punch in the dorm. <laughs> Porsche doesn't sound like that. She has a voice deep that's yeah, deep yeah, like she mine. Does, she does. But then you could eat, we used to eat just the fruit, which, yeah. which apparently soaks alcohol up pretty good, it, well, it, pretty well. It, it, <laughs> there are other things that soak it up. So like fibrous fruits, like like uh, watermelon, is much better, right? Than your citrus fruits, because you're not going to eat the you're not going to eat the rind and shit like that. No, but no. Yeah, you'll get it'll fuck you up. We, and, and we used to have big scoops next to it, and we would drink it. But then you're like, hey, I'm just get a big bowl of this fruit. And like a big fruit, you know, mixed fruit bowl and just eat it and then be just trashed. Wasted. Yeah. For hours. Yeah. Because you're, you're eating it and it takes forever for it to digest. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I made one and I think. make I've, some. Why don't we make. I, I'm game. No, I'm totally <laughs> game. Now really, that actually like last or last week. Yeah. Last or week before last, Mike and I cleaned out the garage. Finally moved it in, moved everything around. So like we're going to, as soon as, uh, as soon as it cools down, like. To a manageable degree, if that happens, uh, I, I think that we're not going to get a fall. I think it's going to go straight to winter. I think it's going to snow like next week. Okay. And it was over a hundred fucking degrees today. Great. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, yeah, so no, I want to make some because I made my my brand is called Faderade. Okay. And I, it's not even really mine. I I've modified it and made it my own. But I it, the idea was given to me by a friend of mine who. Uh, was uh, in the army and okay. was stationed in Iraq. So you would use Gatorade for this fruit punch Gatorade. Okay, so reason for that is that it was sold on base, and I would send him alcohol. Right, and you know they couldn't get alcohol. It's a dry country, and, mm-hmm. and and such. It was dry bases, but they kind of had like a. It's funny you got rid of don't ask don't tell for the, don't don't tell for for gays in the military, but they kept don't ask don't tell for alcohol in dry countries. Which I found to be really funny. It was very funny. Uh, but yeah, he made Faderade, and the, the re- they just had what they what they could get on base from mm-hmm. their like PX or whatever it's called. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, like he he when he g- came back on uh, leave one time, he had like three weeks of leave, like a really long leave. He goes, "All right, we're gonna make Faderade. Let's go to the store." So we go to the store. I don't know, I don't know what the fuck Faderade is, and then he told me about it. And I, he's, it, it, it has uh, fruit punch Gatorade, and this is gonna date myself here. Uh, Re, Sprite Remix. Oh, geez. Do you remember that stuff? It yeah. was like the tropical fruit flavored stuff. So it was that. 
was the fizzy part of it, and you put it into one of those five gallon uh, like gots or like glue coolers with a little mm-hmm. spigot on the bottom, mm-hmm. fill it up with ice, start dumping that stuff in there. It comes out to right about four gallons. So you need about a gallon worth of ice, mm-hmm. and uh, you're Everclear and vodka and all this other shit in there, and it's yeah. Amazing. We I think amazing. normally we would just use. Um, what was the other uh, like like Everclear? Like I said, that was like pure like one ninety proof or one eighty yeah. proof. Yeah, something like that. One ninety, one ninety five, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think that it was another one too that was uh, way up there. Good lord, Bacardi one fifty one is another one yeah. that some people put in there because it's dark rum. And I, it, I don't think we ever mixed punch. liquors though. I think we just kind of did a straight like like a big old thing of Everclear. The only liquor in this five gallon batch that I that I remember putting in there was uh, uh oh, there's three liquors in there. There was a bottle of one. One bottle of Everclear, so a fifth, right? 750 mils of Everclear. 750 mils of 100-proof Smirnoff vodka, the one with the blue label. Mm-hmm. And then one 750-mil uh, bottle of watermelon pucker, which kind of gave it like a sour, nice sour flavor. And then you use the uh, three two liters of Sprite Remix and two gallons of uh, fruit punch Gatorade. You guys are more ice. fancy than we were in general. We, we just get a lot of fruit. The, the, the reason and why is Hawaiian punch and then and then the uh, you know gold or grain alcohol of some kind. And we it, golden you, grain is that what you said? No, that's I'm what you said. No, golden, golden grain. Golden grain is a brand. I've seen that in Ohio before at liquor stores. Okay, um, Everclear is just kind of what we could get here, and that's what he had me send him. Oh, this okay. is the same guy that did Operation Thunderstruck. Remember, we talked about a few episodes back where mm-hmm. uh, he was in demolitions, and they were he, yes. they. They, they, they were out they, of uh, they C4. Of, they couldn't get C4. Well, they didn't want to go all the way across on the other side of town to get more C4. So they just radioed in a couple tanks to come in and shoot at the <laughs> at this bridge the that bridge, they were trying yeah. to blow up. But, uh, yeah, same 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 guy, same situation. Okay. And it's uh, Fader Aid, man. So, anyway, for my third my 30th birthday, to revisit those things uh, that I used to do 10 years prior with my idiot friends, is I, made a fi- I had gotten into homebrewing at that point. And I made a five-gallon batch of it and carbonated it and put it on tap at my house for my birthday party, which was Yay. Double D Podcast was recorded there. It's like episode like one, episode eighty-eight or something like that. It's a you know, and it's oh, it's so oh, it's so bad. Okay, so they roasted me and everything. But people, five gallons will get about twenty people completely shit house. So I know that this. I'm sure similar recipes are still around college campuses and stuff. They have to be right. Is this? Oh, I'm sure. Just gone? I'm sure is of it. Passe? I can't. Hey, I'll tell you in a few weeks when I go down there for family weekend because oh, I yeah. fully intend on walking around to like just like I, I will wear a shirt that says like number one U of A dad. Oh God! But but like with my phone number on the back. Okay. For the coeds, you're just gonna get fuckered up. I, I I'm not gonna get yeah I probably will at some point but I'm not gonna but I'm not gonna get unruly or anything I'm not gonna be like Frank the fucking tank okay so like, I think I think we should have for your housewarming party or Mike's let's say we should have a we'll, we'll make an actual Facebook event oh like God. a hunch punch or jungle juice party no we'll just yeah. we'll have it and we'll just have different recipes in other words everybody bring your own recipe from this what you is remember a fucking bad idea. It's a great idea. Having that many varieties of something that will just completely fuck people up. Well, um, look, it's your responsibility as an adult not to get totally fucked up. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> look, it's at your house, Joe. 
Think about it. No, that's the problem. It's not in my house. I rent a room. Oh no, no, but I mean, but you don't have to walk or drive anywhere. You, yeah, no, there. I get that. No, I can get. I could just sleep in the in the front yard. Yeah, I, I don't care. No, that's not what I worry. I worry about Other people, people people that people that haven't drank that stuff in a long time. Yeah, drinking that stuff to excess. So because I've what my experience at my thirtieth birthday of people drinking it and vomiting. Everywhere. Okay, so you'd have to be you'd have to be responsible when you do it, and you require. Okay, here's the line for the hunch punches over here. But first, you have to go through this line and get a hamburger. You have to get some protein, and then you get a drink. Get your filler here before you get your liquor. Yeah. Eh. So this is a bad. You're saying this is not. This is a bad idea. It's, it's not, not okay. Happen. It's not a bad idea. So so here's the it's thing. It's kind of a funny idea. Let me let me. I like the idea of having like a. <laughs> you're talking to like having a beer tasting, and but <laughs> right. but but. You know, jungle juice this is so varieties. Stupid. Look how old I am. I'm thinking about this. I this think it's amazing. I what I think we really should do is do it at your hangar. Wow. Well, because you have a drain that runs right down the center of it. <laughs> <laughs> people, people just line up, lay down, and lie up and just. Burp. Yeah. Um, in fact, just take the grate out. You don't want to strain out any of the chunks. No. Anyway. Oh boy. Yeah, that's. No, I like the idea. I like where you're coming up with this. What What we should do maybe is just have a series. Of parties mm-hmm. and fall each, parties in the fall. Each person should bring their own brand, okay. so to speak, of 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 punch, which and I'm okay with because I'll tell you, Lisa Roosh probably has about forty fucking recipes because she always likes to bring over drinks. But if it's at the hangar, and then it, it can't be a huge event. It's got to be kind of a private party. Didn't you get rid of the airport authority? Yeah, but that's aren't not, you the big swinging dick of the I, I, of, no, of the Kingman no, Airport no, now? It's not really over yet. Oh uh, yes, it is. It's over. Stop. Just so, stop. Um, it's like you need it. You have to have a, something to fight for. That's not true. I, I I can't wait for you to chill out. Really? We're gonna. Yeah. No, I'm really like I'm just like fucking checking my watch every day. Wasn't I a little bit chill when I first met you? A little bit. Oh uh, yeah. Bit. Oh yeah. No, yeah. you definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're a little steamed up, but you had some chill. God, yeah. I, I told you I, I met with uh, Jill Gernetsky. Um, we Jilly G. Yeah, we're having. I, nobody, she, nobody's JG, ever called her that. JG. Uh, we were uh, hanging out, talking after a meeting with something, blah, blah, blah. Just she and I outside. You guys in, had a in, moment? In the dark sitting down. She said, you really, you, you've changed since this whole fight started. You're not the same. And I went, I, I know. I, I, you're right. People have told me this. I, mean, I don't want to go off on that topic. But well, it, well but, thank you for broaching it. Well, no, I did, really but good. but it's like it's like, so I realize it. I I, I it, once, it's the things that we think about ourselves, and then somebody else points it out, and you're like, okay, that confirms the right. Yeah. So I do honestly believe, and I'm not just saying this. And people don't believe me. I'm not just saying this. I'm not. Is that when I really know that it's over, and then the uh, this downtown project is done. And then, uh, and then uh, we got to talk about the artist coming in town and doing a podcast with him too. By the way, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that'll happen. Anyway, and then uh, this Airfest, which is coming up, um, we might want to have Tim on the show and have, do a podcast with him, and he can talk about Tim Gerlach. Yeah, maybe Mr. Biplane Guy. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the third Wright brother. Think about it. We I'm, can we can have the uh, the artist on, and then Tim could be on. That would, would he be, be mad if I called him the Red Baron? No. Even though he flies a French biplane, and he looks like Mr. Geppetto, he does look like Geppetto. Jesus Christ! And he owns it. He thinks yeah. it's funny as hell. He would totally wear the glasses and the vest. He would, which is basically all he'd need. It's all he would need. He's just a walking Geppetto. Hey, Pinocchio! Like he, he has to, he has to do a really like, uh, just just shameful 
Italian impersonation. Yeah. Like, we, what, it's like just, it was, he's like, ah, it's a best spicy meatball. Like, just like, just terrible. Right. So we're, oh, by the way, we're watching, uh, we still have the indie playlist playing up there. And uh, wait, if wait. you, I'm telling you, if you leave that up there, you're going to discover some really good music and you might cry. I know. And I'm gonna, like, this is like, um, why are we watching this Do right you now? see that album that's up there right now? Yes. Bon Iver, For Emma, Forever Ago. Yes. That is a, a phenomenal album. It's their his first album, and that's the guy that was playing uh, I Can't Make You Love Me. Like oh, that that okay. that he was playing that song. And that album is written uh it's oh it's fucking sad. Like there's a few albums out there that I just Great, know. Joe. I know the no, I know the Music I, to Kill Yourself by. Great. Sh- down, remember, Paul, down the road, not across the street, okay? <laughs> Don't be a sh- cry for help. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Hey, we have a comment. Uh, always <laughs> so, I am wrong in stating about hey we're gonna have this and have that because now that I'm thinking of the episodes that are coming up right and then there's another week and then the artists will be here and then the air fest my comment is moot because this episode that we're doing now is probably gonna be it, out like several weeks from now maybe I don't know I haven't decided yet so it's the up artist I know so the artist will have the come artist out. what is his name uh, Kirk Cease K-I-R-K, yes. cease. So I, when I think of someone who does murals, yeah. I th- have a certain stereotype vision in my head. Good for you. <laughs> Completely wrong. <laughs> he, I looked at his website, and, uh, and, and Kirk, his, the picture of his family, yeah. it's such a good-looking family. Yes. With his wife and his 2.5 kids. I'm telling you, man. I looked at that picture. I'm like, that can't be real. That looks like a stock picture that you get when you buy a, 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 buy a fo- frame. like a frame. Yeah. Because he, it, but I looked at, I looked at his work, man. The dude does great work. Yeah, some really cool stuff. Yeah. And has worked on some neat projects. Yeah. That are not murals because he did set design. Set design, some corporate stuff. Yeah. So, it's pretty so neat. Obviously, to do corporate stuff too, it's not the same kind of work that he's going to be doing here. But you got to do it right, and they charge a fair bit of money, and the corporation's got to be happy with it. You know, oh yeah, not, not absolutely. Like, like oh, it's sloppy. That's good enough. No, they're gonna be picky with their logos and things like that. Well, so. I can't wait till he gets done with this mural because it's uh, neither can I. I spent minutes of hard work <laughs> helping paint the primer on the side of that building. <laughs> minutes. Minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't even know that I worked on it for a full hour. But I was glad that I was able to work on it because I no, I'm, any I'm, help you know, it, it helps. I, absolutely, I did like twenty square feet maybe. But anyway, yeah. Uh, there, I was, uh, you ass. ass. Oh, this album. I'm oh. not, I'm gonna finish this thought. Goddamn it, because it's brilliant. Go ahead. Work because on the it. guy started writing. The guy was in a in in a, a couple different bands. Like he was in Mountain Ghosts. Oh, the Lumineers are up next. They've, this is the fourth time they've been up here. You're just not paying attention because well, no, you can't you're see You're facing it. the freaking... I'm not facing the monitor. Calm, calm down. Okay, thank Always you. Always bleeding off steam. Sorry, thank you. Just bleed less. Okay. Don't shut the valve. Just bleed like less. Just, 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 just narrow the tolerances Only women bleed. That... Who sang that song? Kiss. Oh. Yeah, they I did. I fucking hate Kiss so much. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like oh, shout I, out to I, Chris Lay. I, yeah, doesn't, right? doesn't he like Kiss? I think he does. I, he probably does. And he knows that I hate Kiss. Like, yeah. I just don't... I don't... Uh, Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. All right. That album, For Emma Forever Ago, is... A, this guy started... He was th- just writing songs. It was like George Harrison. Not on that level, but he was writing songs. He would bring it to the band. The band's like, yeah, we don't. it's too sappy. We, we don't want to play that. And so he would kind of... Put that aside and write another one. But so that album is 
him meeting the like songs about him meeting the girl, falling in love with the girl, getting together with the girl, the girl cheating on him, and then the girl dying. This is a true album. She, like it's a true, a true story? album, absolutely. Jesus. And the girl, she ended up dying. He didn't kill her, which is good. Oh, uh, but she died of a some sort of an overdose. Like after they broke up, she went into some depression, and he ended up just writing this, just put together this album. He. The band that he was in broke up. He moved back to Wisconsin where his family was out to like the family cabin, which is where he used to go and uh, like he and his grandfather and his dad would not whatnot would stay in this cabin out on the like the uh, the family property. And they would go hunting and shit when he was a kid, hunting, fishing, whatnot. So, you know, dad's passed away. Grand grandpa's gone, long gone. So family still has a cabin. So he went in that cabin and in three months, boom, cranked out so that album a retreat by himself, by himself, cranked out that album with a four track and, and like an old school tape <laughs> four track. And you listen to it and it just, you, I mean, if I feel like if you, if you had the tape that it was recorded on and squeezed it, fucking blood would come out. It's that good. And I All love, right. I love now shit like that. So like I've sold, sold you I'm on it. I'm going to yeah. listen to this album now. For, so, cause it's like, it's they're all love songs, but it's different kinds of love for each sure. song, and it's fucking powerful. Right. It's kind of like, uh, oh god, I'm gonna fucking catch so much hell for this, but I don't even care. Uh, Maroon Five's mm-hmm. first, um, their their first album is called Songs About Jane. Why are you catching hell for this? Because it's Maroon Five. Oh, okay. I love Maroon Five, and I all I fucking I I know I, I I put out so much judgmental bullshit. About so many dumb fucking things that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna catch hell for Maroon Five because that's what like basic white girls listen to is like, yeah, oh my god, it's Adam Levine. But I, I honestly really love that first album because that first album is Adam Levine meeting the girl, falling in love with the girl. The girl turned out to be kind of a whore, mm-hmm. and he didn't back off on the name or anything like that. He literally says her first and last name in like three of the songs. Wow. And I love it because... So it wasn't like a Carly Simon, you're so vain. And 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 no one knows. Is that about you? Is that this? No, she absolutely... She just calls it out. She finally called it out, man. It was like two years ago. She was like, you know what? It's it's Mick Jagger. I I think think it was Mick Jagger. I just remember... She was asked it point blank, and uh, she goes, you know, I'm tired of, like, dodging this question. I didn't know. I thought it was someone else. Maybe. Oh, no, it was David Geffen. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, it was David Geffen from Geffen Records. I'm positive. Okay. I'm positive. Uh, Anyway, but that's the opposite of this one. He called her name. He straight up called her out. He's like, fuck you. Can you do that? I mean, he did that, but I mean. He did. I mean, everything in there is true. Is it? Like, so it's not libelous? No. No, because, like. It, I'm, it just, wasn't, I'm just asking. Well, because it wasn't a, it wasn't lying. Okay, and it wasn't false information. It's true. Plus, it's also artistic in, in per, interpretation. That's true. It's not like he had an album, like a whole album, or like one whole song of going. Well, uh, you did this, and you did that, and you did that. It's 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 art. So it's really not. I don't know. It's not gonna. Meh. Anyway, Maroon Five. I love Maroon Five. Whatever. It's white boy funk, like average white band. I don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like they're they're fucking amazing. They are, yeah. And they call themselves their name. And this band up here, one of my favorite bands of all time, Arcade Fire. Are we gonna ever go to South by Southwest? Or is you, it like is it over? Is I've it already like, been there, but really, yeah. When two thousand six? Did you ever tell me this before? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was, and that was back when it was kind of more. It was more music and a little bit of 
uh, video production stuff and, and now a it's little kind of, bit of podcasting, but no, the now it's kind of everything. Like it is, tech, and it's, it's tech stuff. It's exactly. Everything. But it, but the emphasis was more on music then, and it was easier to get around because you probably had half as many people. You still had hundred thousand people descend upon Austin, but you, you it, it it's not three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand yeah. or half a million, and it's not it wasn't a an industry showcase like it is now. It was more like people who all like the same thing getting together and experiencing the same thing. It's kind of like Burning Man, what so, happened to Burning Man. In LA. Yeah, I mean, kind the cor- the corporatization of it, but but at the very least, it still was always kind of, it still was a showcase because you had record execs walking around, um, uh, you had uh, walking around, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, why did I just space out on the name of what we were just talking South about? South by Southwest. South by Southwest, God damn. It's one beer. It, yeah, right? Not even, I'm not even done with the one. Uh, it, it was always kind of an industry showcase for bands like bands would, I mean, they, they had never sold a single record, but they had been practicing and they had a solid eight or nine songs and they sat on a street corner and played them, got discovered. Mumford and Sons was one of the last ones. You remember, you know, those guys? Yes. That's how they got discovered was South by Southwest 2009. And you can find their video on YouTube from there. And they, it sound, they are so tight. They sound like, they sounds like, like they're on the album, but they're playing like of, a fucking street. A corner. lot of group. Well, I don't know. Well, they were bigger, but like Lumineers, I believe that's where they were kind of absolutely semi discovered and that kind of stuff. Uh, but then you also have cool shit like unannounced superstars. Yes. Playing like, um, they just show up and do, yeah. they might just start playing in the street. Or and do that's that, one. Yeah. Clapton did that a long time ago. That was like maybe 2011 or 12. Yeah, I remember seeing a YouTube video. And people like uh, people just walked by this dude who was wearing a, like a old dusty cowboy hat and mm-hmm. like. So now people are looking out for stuff. that stuff. They're kind of looking. Yeah, out for that guy's wearing a little too much clothing right now. Yeah, like what the fuck? On. And then it's like playing. He's got his he's got his guitar hooked in, into an amp and he's playing on a street corner. That's the video. You can find it. That's I don't pretty, even remember what he was playing. That's pretty badass. Uh, it is badass. Uh, but what's even more badass is that same year is him and Steve Winwood got together and played a whole bunch of shows. Like not a bunch of shows, but a bunch of songs at uh, one of the smaller clubs. Like mu- or music venues in uh, in Austin, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I I would shit a brick out of my ass onto the ground if Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton came in and started playing. Yeah, you were just like hanging I would, out. I would feel bad if my dad wasn't with me because he's a huge fan of both of those guys. Because yeah. uh, my dad said Steve Winwood is to pianos what Eric Clapton is to guitars. But you know what you have to do at those moments too. What you have to do is not. Go for your phone, or if you do, no, you take one to. picture maybe and put it away. That's it, and enjoy the moment yeah. because you're not gonna really be able to enjoy the moment if you're. Oh, I've got to get this on. You know, I gotta post this, or I gotta show my friends. Fuck it, just enjoy it, the moment. Just enjoy the moment and don't let it go. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I if you remember uh, Roger Waters when we went to see Roger Waters, we had that kind of like a uh, pre pre concert uh, pep talk of yes. what we are and are not going to be doing. We're not going to be part of the problem of holding up phones and right. having to look around someone's, uh, you know, bright so screen we, we to take see a the few, show. I took a two, two videos just yep. because in the middle of that concert in the, during that concert, my brother and sister-in-law were seeing Tom Petty. Come on. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, he sent me that, and he saw sent me a picture in the middle. Of, what the fuck? Oh, oh, okay. 
Two can play at that game, and it was like the guitar solo from Comfortably Dumb. I'm like, oh, we're going to do like 15 seconds, and I sent it to him, and I just got back, fuck you, because I one-upped him. <laughs> yeah. Like, Tom, Tom Petty, I see your Tom Petty, and I raise your Roger Waters. There were a lot of people, if you recall, that were apparently didn't really know, how could they not know this, that Roger Waters was kind of political. And not real, let's say, happy with there were Donald Trump. Audible gasps and they when were, they showed and pictures of Donald Trump. People were walking Trump. out of concerts yep. of his. Yeah, like, they, how he, could you not know this about Roger Waters? He couldn't even half sell the venue in Columbus because that area is so red. Yeah, like he they because Columbus, I think, was maybe three or four weeks after we saw him, and we saw him like two or three weeks into the tour. Mm-hmm. So that once they found out, like six weeks of that tour, they're like, "Oh, this guy's really political, and he really doesn't like Donald like, Trump." Have you? They obviously like, never really listened to his music or paid attention to some of the Pink Floyd lyrics, even but, later on. They okay, just, man, but you have to remember. Remember how we talked about Pink Floyd is Pink Floyd doesn't do drugs and make music. They make music, and people do drugs to their music. They talked true. about that. Yeah. So, like to them, all their shit is super clear. Like, there's not that much metaphor and conjecture. You, like, you don't have to, like, pull it out mm-hmm. it, or extrapolate. You, it, it, it's in your fucking face, right? Mm-hmm. But people smoke tons of weed and drop acid and eat mushrooms and also all manner of other intoxicants and, and listen to Pink Floyd. And they're a drug band. Isn't that what they call it? got called? Like, we're yes. a drug band. I think it was Roger Waters that addressed that in an interview in the 70s. He said, we're the drug band. Psychedelic. And they were the first band. If you watch, I love watching documentaries about Pink Floyd, but they were... Early on, really one of the first bands, or the first band that's that said it's about the music, not about the personality. So I think in a number of early shows they did in the heart of London, when they were small venues, they would even be kind of behind amplifiers or behind certain areas and not even be on stage. They weren't lit up. It was about the visuals. Yeah, and yeah. they had all these visual shit. They were yeah. the first ones to really get that going. And there's a that's one of the reasons why when I, I begged my mom to take me to see Tool mm-hmm. when I was 15, in 1996, and she went there, and after the show, she's like, "That those guys reminded me of Pink Floyd. The music is a lot heavier, but the musicianship and the fact that everybody was shrouded in darkness. Like, there was no spotlights on anybody, except every once in a while the singer for dramatic effect would go out and step into a spotlight and, and sing something and then go right back. Mm-hmm. Like, not backstage, like, but they were definitely in shadow because there's big, you know, screens mm-hmm. up and the visuals going on. It's not about and me, me, me. It's about the music. It's, it's about, about you know. the music or whatever. Whatever whatever the jerk-off line is that they're talking about. And, and it's yeah. kind of, I, I get it. Sure. But also, like, in that same vein, I've definitely heard, I've seen interviews with and talked to musicians that are like, this is stuff that I have inside of me. This is all about me. I have to get this out. Yeah. It's not about the fans. It's about me. If the fans like it, that's awesome. If not, that's fine, too. I'm still putting this out. Therapy like this uh, show right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just 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 blabbering on. I mean, when's it going to happen, Joe, that we sit down here? Because I've been, haven't you been to a restaurant before where you're sitting there talking with your friends or your daughter or whatever? You're sitting there and you're talking and you look over at the, (laughs) and you you see someone doing that. I'm not going to tell you what Joe's doing right now. No, you look over. I have, these shorts have a metal tab in them. Uh Uh-huh. That metal tab poked into me, and I thought I was going to bleed out just now. <laughs> I just kind of let you. I just let you fall over and collapse. I just keep talking. I know you would. Yeah, I know you would. That's to make it for good. Uh, Your dick. Good, good podcast. Been to a restaurant and. Yeah. Well, I know. I know you've seen this. I know, or maybe you haven't paid attention because you're not that observant. <laughs> what? 
Fuck. <laughs> 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 you, you're sitting there having a meal, talking to your friends, your family, whatever. And you look over and there's an older couple. And they're, I mean, older, you know, a fair bit older. And they're sitting, looking at their food or the menu, and, and they're facing each other. And it's obvious they're a couple. Right. And they're not saying anything. They're not mad at each other. You can tell they're not angry at each other. But they're just, because they've run out of stuff, it's almost like, I got nothing else. I got, I don't know what else we to are, talk about. We've reached the end of whatever we're going to talk <laughs> we are about. We're at the end of the internet. Like, where's the <laughs> Oh, man. Do you remember the, you yes. have reached the end of the internet. Jesus. <laughs> That's an old commercial. I remember, so I remember when my dad first got a, a first got his computer, and uh, dial up wasn't fast enough for him. This was like two thousand to two thousand one. Fast enough for anybody? It wasn't fast enough for him. Yeah. So um, my friend Josh, I think it was Josh, convinced him to get um, DSL, which was in its infancy at the time, but it was still f- ten times the speed of of dial up. So my dad dropped the seventy dollars a month or whatever it was to get mm-hmm. these, this this uh, DSL in, into the house, and I mean, I would go, I would, he would go to work at like midnight, and I, you know, I had to work. I didn't have to work an early shift. I worked like a like a ten to ten a.m. to six six p.m. shift. So he would go to work at at, at midnight. I say, oh, I'll see you later, Dad. So like, he'd get up and he would get on the internet, drink his coffee for like two hours, mm-hmm. read the news, whatever he was looking at. And uh, he would get off around, I don't know, six six thirty, seven thirty in the morning, like pretty, you know, uh, you know, you know, he didn't he worked like seven days a week, but it was like six hours a day. Okay. So then I would I would be getting up and getting ready to go to work at like say eight fifteen, eight thirty, and my dad would still be up and on the internet, and then he would be on the internet all fucking day long on his on his day off. It was like on his one day off. And then finally that commercial started to come up and I was like, you have reached the end of the internet and you must now go back. And he goes, huh? And my dad, that, that was my dad. That is exactly what he did. Jesus. I hadn't thought about that 15 years. Well, so what I'm anyway, saying, what I'm saying yeah, is you, you re, are we gonna, when, when are we going to sit down here? No. You're going to turn on the button and we're just going to look at each other and go, well, if, if that happens, <laughs> then we'll just pull out the book and pick and, and Remember, we've done that oh, before. Yeah. We pointed at a word and just start talking about that. We we should have a bunch of work. We should do it with, with a dart, though. We should do it on the wall. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Fuck it. Bonk. And then just hit a word. Or we could do like phone a friend. Like, hey, listen, uh, we're bored. Is, uh, what, do you want to, what, what do you want us to talk about? Yeah. That's a good idea. And we'll call you know random, random people. Call Kevin. Call Charlie. Hey, speaking of shows and that kind of thing and calling whatever, if you've seen the new, I've seen part of it. It's not bad. You know, the new Norm MacDonald. Thing he has I watched on. the first episode with David Spade. Yeah. I, I haven't watched any others. It's actually really funny, and I love. Yeah. And but well, all it is is like it's basically they have a very small, not even an audience, like like a few people they invite. Yeah, and I and, think it's the crew. I think that I think it's just. Yeah. <laughs> it's the and crew. so all it really is is like a a not a live but a video podcast. Really, that's all it is. It's absolutely, what they it don't, is. don't they don't have a microphone in front of them like this because it's 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 mic'd up somewhere else. But it's, that's all it really is. Did He's, you ever watch Norm Macdonald the like yes. Norm Macdonald's like podcast show yes. thing? Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. what it reminds me of, but l- a little more scripted. Yeah, not as a uh, hackneyed, I guess. So it's a different kind. It's a little bit different spin or presentation of interviewing or entertainment. It's a little bit different than everything else. Yeah, because right he's now. just interviewing his friends. Yeah, which is funny as hell. Like that that David Spade one kept cracking me up because. He didn't. It's like he wasn't prompted. He didn't. He didn't. He had no idea what the like, 
what the format was going to be. It was kind of what we do. I mean, not I'm not comparing it, but I'm but just we'll saying s- we still inform our guests with how we do things. That's true. With him, they he didn't he's know. like, "You guys going to go to commercial?" He's like, "Yeah, we're going to go to commercial." And then they're bantering back and forth, and he's like, "I'm just kidding. We're not on commercial." <laughs> so he starts telling the. He's, he's like telling a story and this and then and then this and then and Norm McDonald just butts in and goes, "All right, we're back with David Spade." And he's like, "I fucking told a story. I thought we were." He has no idea that the cameras were rolling the whole time, and I'm just like, "Norm McDonald is a genius. It is. He's it was funny as shit. He was. I really enjoyed him on SNL when he was uh, on the news, given the news in SNL it was very funny. And when he played Turd Ferguson, yes, <laughs> that is his best role. I, I heard him on, uh, I think he was on uh, Rogan, I believe. Wasn't he on Rogan not that long ago? I have no idea. I don't, was it Rogan or is it with Corolla? I probably don't remember. Cor- probably Corolla. But he, was, he was admitted that basically he's you know lazy and couldn't do really anything else. And he was just gifted with this weird personality. And he just happened to hook up with being a comedian. And just he, he, he said he could do nothing else. He would starve. If you could, he doesn't even have a driver's license. He doesn't drive. Really? Yeah, I believe so. I wonder what Corolla thought of that because that dude drives <laughs> complete opposite of, of yes. that. Yeah, yeah, he is the complete opposite because Norm McDonald's funny. Yeah, and he didn't. No, it's not nice. <laughs> Adam can be funny. I, so here's my thing. So like, I just didn't like him for years because I kind of don't like the way he enunciates and whatnot. And yes. then Charlie, very nasally. He can. It's not even just the nasal. I can handle nasally. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's just everything about it. Uh, and so, but Charlie convinced me. He goes, "Man, he's a smart guy. You really." And then he would tell me these things in conversation about Adam Carolla being a race car driver and having this and having that. And then he just got more and more interesting. So now I've been kind of listening to to, to more of his stuff here and there. Well, I was kind of thinking about it too because he's got a lot of you know he owns a podcast one that's his right. company and he does a lot of his his own podcast. He does a number of them. Plus, he kind of owns other podcasts. He gets other people to do and he under his umbrella under the Adam Carolla umbrella and he makes a lot of money a lot of money and but i'm wondering how long this life cycle is going to be we talked about different formats of just podcasting in other words i think it's growing it's i think it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger like uh uh the people do come and go though there there were a number of podcasts that i was had a subscription to early on that they're just not doing them anymore you know they've totally fallen off i don't mean the big names we're talking about but it was well, I, mean, I know different small science ones or design ones. Aviation, excuse me, a- a- aviation. Jesus, man. Sorry, Come a- on. aviation ones. Some are, standards. Yes, and 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 now I go. Well, let me go check that out. And I go, well, they haven't done one in four years now, or three years, or something. So a lot of them kind of not a lot, but a lot of them do kind of fall away. But I think it just the you know the wheat gets separated from the chaff, so to speak. Uh huh. I guess I, I don't know. That's an old grandpa sure. saying. So there you go. But yet yeah. we can just still blather on. And just blah, 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 oh, So you think blah, it's still blah. growing. You think it's still growing. I do think it's still growing. Yeah. Uh, I think that it is uh, the long-form interview is taking, is taking hold because people are learning more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more and more people subscribe mm-hmm. and are listening to long-form interviews because – there's not much you can explain in a small soundbite. Jordan Peterson talks about that. Uh, Brett Weinstein talked about that. All those guys in the, what do they call that? The 
inter- the the dark web, intellectual dark oh, yeah, web. Yes, yes. Such a terrible term, but I I I love all those I get guys. It. I get it. I I for I love all those guys for various reasons. I like I actually Sam Harris and Joe Rogan, all those guys, and they talk. They they that was that was a big one that Sam Harris talked about on a couple episodes. I think was long form interviews give the person a chance to explain in detail what they think, what they know, and if that person is an expert in their field, we should listen to them rather than in, in a long form. Yes. Rather than on TV, during the news, and it's like, well, let's, let's go to Jordan Peterson, who's a clinical psychologist, who da da da, da 12 rules for life, and then he has two minutes to describe yeah. what took him 10 years to put into a book that's helping millions of people. I exper- so like I experienced this uh, not too long ago with, uh, I'm sure I heard of Jordan or heard him first on probably on Rogan. It had to be Rogan or who else could it have been? Sam Harris. Could he have been on there? Yeah. Anyway, it was one of those Se- several a year or two ago, whatever. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, well, I sent you a viral video. Like this guy is going to be on Joe Rogan. Right. Check these these people. He's 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 fighting for um, uh, freedom of speech. He is Canadian, and it was a it was a, at the it was it was a, a University of Toronto, and he was these people were trying to get him to uh, I don't, the government. It, it, you guys can look it up. It's it's a it's a complex issue, but the bottom line was. He said, "No, I'm not going to do that." He was a professor at all, some university, and I can't remember. Still what is, yeah, professor okay. of psychology, University of Toronto. Okay, uh, and these ultra, ultra, ultra left wing kind of Looney Tunes were like, "You have to do this," and he's like, "I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I am a free person of this world, and I don't have to do that." Yeah. Okay, you're telling me you're 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 limiting my speech because you can't handle it. Right. Are you serious? Right. And then, and he got eh, what he kind of got in trouble with was he's like, you know, how how terrible it must be to be so weak that mere words can hurt you so deep, right. which is a, a, some old quote, some old proverb or some shit like that. Like it, it's sticks and stones, it, it, exactly my, my sticks bone. and stones and all that shit. And he's and what he ended up doing when he destroyed that lady about a year ago on uh, on uh, English oh TV, yeah, some BBC. When, yeah, man, it was like a thirty minute interview, and it was just her being a total asshole to him, yep. and not being a good journalist. She was being an angry, yes, pseudo feminist. He, he kind of owned her eventually. On that, he show. did. Yeah. He got her. He got. He said, in order to think, one hat must have. Must, one must risk being offensive. Mm-hmm. Period. It's my one of my favorite phrases. I keep repeating it on this podcast. But anyway. He was the one that kind of summed it up and said these these brief sound bites are why people are stupid. Yes, that's why we have we have a, that's why there's a president that calls things fake news because he's kind of half right. Right, and I mean, but you can't. It's you're not. It's not all fake news. It's a. It's part of the 24 hour news cycle. You have, and you have these 30 second, 45 second, uh, to up to like maybe two minute piece. Right, and even and you can't learn anything okay, in that. Period okay, we're of time. not gonna. I'm not gonna take sides right now, but you know, I'm not happy with our current president. Fine. Whatever, but uh, Obama went on a number of different shows and programs and did long interviews. He did one with uh, um, um, uh, Mark Maron. Mark Maron. Yeah. I don't think Trump has ever done anything like this at all. I mean, he did. I think he sat down with one lady uh, uh, maybe three or four weeks ago uh, on the White House, like the porch. I don't think okay. it's a porch. On I don't know. If, <laughs> does, the, does the White House have a porch? A patio. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I think I saw a chiminea and like a gas grill. Fuck, I don't know. Gas but grill. I don't. Trouble's out there <laughs> roasting weenies. He's like, you guys want some hot dogs? Yeah, like I had a hat on, like a chef's hat on. Oh my god, no, he's got a shirt on that says "Number One Chef" or something like that, or "Kiss the Chef." Oh, for Christ's sake! That no, would be, he sat that down. Would and it was funny. Like a, it would was be funny. Like a, it would be funny. He should like, do something like that. He should be funny. That that would gain gain it him would. some more support for sure. It really would. Uh, no, he sat down with some woman, did like a fifteen or twenty minute interview. First in the first year of his uh, his term, uh, or first yeah, the first year of his term, the, he did like another ten or fifteen minute long interview. But he the prop the difference is he evades questions, and I, I feel like. Maybe I don't know. I I try my best not to shit on the guy too much because everybody's doing that, and I kind of want to separate myself. But I feel like maybe if he were a little bit better public speaker, it wouldn't be so bad. But wasn't it? And, and he's just true. not. He's just some people. It's like if right. Elon Musk was president. Jesus, right. can you imagine? He's, it's like he he's just, a brilliant dude. Get but to he, the point. He sucks <laughs> yeah, at speaking. Awful. Yeah, his elocution is terrible, and and it's not because English isn't his first language because it is. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, this is a hard time getting it out with yeah, it, with, with clarity. Oh, but I was talking about jo- Jordan Peterson. It was. Um, I was gonna say one more thing about him real quick, and it was. Uh, God, I can't remember. I told you I heard him on Rogan or wherever it was. I will get my thought together in a second. But I thought, what was the deal? What was the gonna? Oh my God, I lost the thought about him and how like long form interview. And I thought, okay, this guy, you have to listen listen to him because he's he's really pretty fantastic and what he how he puts things together. And almost every word counts. And we've already said that in this show before, but there was something else I was gonna say about him and pod. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, yes, I experienced because when I first heard him, it was a long interview. Yeah, it was without without interruption for you know, minimum an hour and a half. Yeah, of just straight talking, no breaks. No breaks at all, minimum of that long. And uh, so recently, I think I told you this. I said, oh, my gosh, Jordan Peterson's on Fox Fox News Channel on something on a Sunday night or something like that. It was some show, whatever. I don't watch it on a regular basis, so I don't know what it was. But I watched it, and it was unwatchable because it was every three or four minutes. They had to go to commercial break, and it was in a studio. And with the typical – you could tell the signs were up, like applause signs, where he would get some important – right on the cusp of saying something really critical and oh yeah thank you we're gonna talk when we come back we're gonna talk about jordan peterson is four things for successful marriage i don't it wasn't but that's not what it was right everybody applaud yay and then they went to commercial back i'm going oh my god and i can only imagine like the look on his face was just like this fucking sucks yeah give me a a podcast give me a microphone and joe rogan we'll go three hours right which is what he does every time yes but but yeah you're right I, i so that's why i think that podcast podcasting or at the very least Maybe not podcasting, but just long form interviews I, I will become a new standard. It's I gonna, think. it's gonna have to because think about how long television has been. It's not been around that long, and they had to have sponsors, and it was heavy. It was big money for, for. Uh, Do you remember what it was for, like before? I don't remember what it was like in black and white, Joe. I just no. don't. It wasn't that. I'm not that old. But you, you guys you, had a color TV in the '60s. God damn, man! You, I was you, a, no. You grew up pretty well. To I, don't, do that. I don't remember. We put, I think we had, if we if we had a second TV, it was a black and white TV somewhere. A else. second TV? Yeah. It's like the little kid in uh, uh, Back to the Future. Oh yeah. 
you guys have two TVs? You must be rich. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know. No, And then his dad's like, nobody has two TVs. Right. That was 1955. But, like, yes. switch to 10 years later, and you guys, like, oh, yeah, you would have been two. And now Never TVs mind. are almost free. I mean, seriously. How much can you, for a large TV that's not bad quality at Walmart. You can get a 4K TV from Walmart with that's a, like a Vizio. Yeah. That's like, I was looking at them, 52 inches, 50, 52 inches, 400 bucks. Yeah. Oh, my God. I realize four hundred dollars is a lot of money to some people. It's like it like is. a month of rent or something like that. But like, that's so fucking but cheap. I, rem- I remember when the four Ks came out. I remember. I remember when. <laughs> remember when? But Tell we, me, Grandpa. Yeah, you know, we've whatever. I remember going. <laughs> no, 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 not that. It was something else I was going to say? I'm not going to say it. But I remember there was a big deal in Atlanta when they the first flat screen was plasma mm-hmm. that came out and i remember it was a big deal and it was like a saturday or sunday and a buddy of mine andrew latham he's an audiovisual friend of mine who told me to buy these speakers that i have and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. he goes man so-and-so's got a, the new plasma tv let's go check it out it's some kind of medium to higher end and it was a big a lot of people there a lot of people showed up on a saturday to go check this thing out and it was about i don't know that big two feet by something, but it was amazingly. There was like I mean, a little, like a thirty-two inch TV or something, or like something. That. It was like twelve or fifteen thousand yep. dollars. I remember those, and it was incredible. It was like, oh my god, look at the quality. It was amazing. Do you remember watching MTV Cribs and all the rappers and basketball players yeah. always had? Yeah, you got to have. You got to have the recessed. Flat screen, fifty five inches, cost me twenty eight thousand dollars. And those were all they were all plasma back then, and plasma sucks now. It's high energy. You can't take them up at altitude. I mean, it's old technology. Yeah, now I don't think that. I mean, I don't even see plasma screens like no for sale on used places or anything like that. They also they didn't have a very long life too. No, they didn't, and they're hot. Like I have an older HD. Mine's only a seven twenty p. Mine's a a flat screen. But it's like it's kind of old, dude. Okay, so I, so that's an LCD. I, I bought that when I first moved here ten years ago. Yeah, it's a thirty-two inch, and it's right. So so that's a that's a. I, I bought it because when I was building this hanger here, I didn't have my stuff moved. So I went to Walmart, this Walmart here, and bought that thing. And it probably was more than it's way more than it's was ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was expensive, not expensive, but it's like a seven hundred dollar TV, and it's right, you know, and and it's okay. It's about the size of your phone. <laughs> and uh, so upstairs, I've got a the, that big Sony thing that I've got. Yeah, whatever that a fucking monstrosity. Yeah, is and, what it is. and that was um, also you can get better quality than that now for half the price that I paid seven years you ago. You paid you paid a lot more money than you should have for a Sony. Oh yeah, and, and oh, so the point is this: that's an L LED LCD, and that big TV burns like a third or a fourth the energy that this little thing right. does. That's what I was going to say before. Is the TV that I have in my room? It's a little, four, it's a, it's a weird size. It's like forty three inches or something like that. Mm-hmm. That thing gives off so much fucking heat. It was just like heating up my room, and like I fell asleep with it on, yeah. Like one night and woke up in the middle of the night, and my room is like nine thousand degrees. I'm like, why is it so hot in here? Because I moved into a room about the quarter of a size that mm-hmm. I used to have, and that was a big open room. You didn't even notice it. I never noticed. Mm-hmm. It. I would sit in my room for hours and watch TV yeah. with that thing on. And now I'm like, I'm gonna sell this some bitch because it's like, well, only watch it in gas. the wintertime. Like, yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, but I, I remember putting my hand behind this thing and then feeling the warmth. And we can do this when we're done here because we're almost done. And feeling it. And then when I bought that other thing, which is still probably. 
it's very efficient, but not what's efficiency now. No. But I remember it's, you couldn't really feel the, the heat coming off of it at all compared to this thing. Are you seeing this weird-ass video? They're in Iceland. It's the same. That's where they filmed the, the interstellar, like the where interracial. Fucking, where, yeah, where Goodwill Hunting is like yeah. being trying to kill everybody. Right. And then uh, fucking. And she's throwing rocks. What, yeah, this little girl's throwing rocks. Oh, oh it's throwing oh, rocks. It into a bird. Now, fuck that's a seagull. It's not a bird. It's a rat with wings. It turned fuck. into a. It's not a seagull. Oh, it's not a seagull. It's some kind of. Uh, we'll see what it is. Some kind of a raptor. Look at that. It looks like a. Uh, that's a raptor. Looks like. Yeah, it looks like a bald eagle, but like with French tips. Did you notice I that? Still like like, a, I still like French tip fingernails. I, I like French tip fingernails. I, honestly, I really just don't even care about fingernails. Like, I do. Here's, as long here's as it doesn't cut into my special oh, time with the lady. Here's what's going on with fingernails right now, Joe. Do you know this? You tell me. You, you, I know you work with mostly females, and you talk with true. them all the time. It's not true. So I, I know you have your, your finger on the pulse and this, of uh, fingernail uh, trends. This may be dating me or going that guy's just old i do not like the pointed pointy fingernails right now they, they don't i, I don't, don't think like they them. do that anymore yes they do do they really whoever they are ouch did you get another scorpion probably so I, I i think that it's still right now the point i mean pointed i like pointed like talons yeah I think that's still going on. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it might be for protection. Okay. For predatory males. But do you think it's... Uh, you th we have to look this up when we are off the air. What's fine if it's still a thing? I don't think it's a thing. I haven't seen it on anybody. But then again, so the weird thing... Okay. So, yes, I, I have that unique kind of insight... Like mm -hmm. the inside track to what women say when they think men Ex aren't listening, because I'm not I'm not a man to most of those women. Except that I'm where just you like work a, at the hospital, these desk. women can't have pointed fingernails. It, they can't have fake nails. Yeah, so okay. they can have acrylics. You know, they're gonna have it like coated and whatnot, so it kind of looks like yeah. fake nails. But they can't fake nails for sanitary reasons. Sure. And, and most of them don't want it because it is fucking nasty. Yeah. That and you can cut through a glove. Like you don't want to cut through a glove and get your so shit on someone else's shit under your fingers. So I, I saw a woman the other day somewhere with with uh, with a French manicure, you know, and and the slightly rounded, squared off tip, yeah. slightly slightly rounded. The, the radius needs to be precise in order for it to be acceptable. Oh my god! Anyway, she she had, <laughs> and then I thought of you because you said, "Yeah, that's about like a nineties thing, Paul." I we, we talked about that a while. I back. think it's a timeless thing, and I think I was wrong. Okay. I, I, I you know I, I just. I remember girls it was a special occasion. Girls getting French tip manicure for okay. like prom or homecoming or something like that. Prom. What? I'm talking about the '90s when I was in the, okay. the last time. Right. The, okay, when the '90s were a thing. Remember the remember the '90s? <laughs> yeah, I was in Nirvana. high. I was in high school from '95 to '99. Okay, so there you go. That's why when you say '90s, I think about that. Okay, or I think about uh, the Bulls. When the Bulls the were Bulls, good. Yeah. Yeah. Michael yeah. Jordan was, you know, killing it. Shout out to Kevin Perry. Yeah, that's right. He's like the biggest Michael Jordan fan I know. He is. He is. It's crazy. I love his post, though, with the little clips of Michael Jordan back in the, his day. Mm -hmm. They're kind of impressive. I mean, it's really the guy is. Yeah. Somebody was telling me, who the hell was it that was talking about a basketball player? There's some basketball player that's, that was all was talking shit and being cocky about how I think he plays for the Lakers. 
because I don't I don't follow pro. I'm just really I don't bad no. at pro sports. I man. don't either, really. But they were talking about this guy who he said he was so good he could beat the hell out of. He's like he he's like if I played one on one against Michael Jordan, I would smoke his ass. And then, I, but then the person telling me this is like, I'm like, well, wait a second. Maybe now Jordan is old as fuck, and he's like, no, dude. He said in his prime, right? I could beat Michael Jordan one on one, and I'm like, God herself couldn't come down here from fucking heaven, from another plane of existence, and right. beat Michael Jordan in his prime. No fucking way, yeah. no way. Now, I feel like basketball is one of those sports that it like those guys were always athletes. Now, somebody, uh, uh, there was a conversation had drunkenly, I'm sure, at the bar that I wasn't involved in, but I was I was listening because I don't know a lot about old, like old sports and statistics and shit like that. But the they were talking about how football players, uh, Jim Thorpe, mm-hmm. the Jim Thorpe, Jim Thorpe wouldn't make third string at a D2 school. Yeah let alone be an amazing all-around athlete, just because nutri- if he was put up against people you know, in modern times because the nutrition's gotten better, the coaching has gotten better, the mm-hmm. um, like the, the, work, know, the workouts and the regimen and yeah, all that Yeah, the stuff. physiological theory that's going into yeah. a lot of the, you know, that, and recovery. Mm-hmm. The recovery, recovery science is a huge thing. This is something my... They have high-paid doctors that work for teams now. And absolutely. Stuff, and stuff, yeah. My sister-in-law, you know, she's a PT, a PT assistant, and she, she was telling me about uh, recovery. Sports medicine recovery is like, is, will be the next big boom mm-hmm. in sports medicine because they're finding all sorts of ways to, like, you know, inject, inject uh, stem cells into people's knees and shit, which is it's way better than cortisone shots. That would be a great gig if you were like a pretty well-known, high-paid doctor to be like the doctor of a sports team. Yeah. Imagine that, have no other walk-in patients filling out all these weird forms of their history and this and yeah. that. And all these, they just kind of they take care of the team. That's a pretty good gig yeah. if you're a, if you're a, a good, well, good the, doctor. That uh, bone surgeon up that I've told you about up in Flagstaff, mm-hmm. he he worked for the Chargers for like 15 years. Like mm-hmm. he was the he was the uh, the doctor for to, the Chargers. He learned a lot too during that time period, obviously. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, Are we done? Yeah. What do you got? Anything else? Nope. All right, me either. Done for now. A lot of blathering. Yep. You guys have a good night. Bye. <laughs>